0: Welcome to Because the Beatles, the podcast about the Beatles, everything about the Beatles 24-8. I'm Allison.
1: And I'm Erica. And before we start, be sure to follow us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts or stream us on Spotify. And if you're enjoying Because the Beatles, feel free to leave us a preferably five-star review so other Beatle maniacs can find us.
0: Also, don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We'll be posting photos, videos, and more from this episode and beyond, you can also email us at gmail.com And welcome to a special bonus episode. If you haven't listened to our episode from last week, which was all about Paul in Russia and Moscow, and his concerts there and meeting Putin and all of that crazy, crazy stuff, go check that out. And uh, then come back and listen to this fabulous interview with somebody who was there with Paul during that whole trip. It was so cool to get to talk to her. Her name is Aliona Muchinskaya. She was born and raised in Russia, but she moved to London 31 years ago. Lucky her. Um, And she founded an agency called Red Square Projects. And what they do is they organize exhibitions, festivals, corporate events. She's worked in some really cool, huge projects with everyone from Harrods to Louis Vuitton, Jack Daniels. And she threw Mikhail Gorbachev's 80th birthday party at the Royal Albert Hall in 2011, which is pretty major. And... As we'll find out, she accompanied Paul to Russia as his tutor, translator, assistant, and quote-unquote chaperone. Mm. And I didn't coin that. It's on the internet somewhere. (laughs) So she was a chaperone um, during his time in Moscow. And she's also a journalist. She'll talk a little bit about that in our chat. And in the past, she served as the senior foreign correspondent for MK, which is the largest Russian newspaper in Moscow. And so we get to chat a little bit and super excited for you guys to hear about Ileana's time with Paul in Russia. She's got a lot of fun things to say about him.
1: I thought this was such a fascinating look into not only this time in Paul's career, but Paul himself and some of the funnier things that happened around this trip.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it's uh, very cool to get sort of a behind the scenes look into even the documentary that we talked about last week, because she references some things that happened in there that I was curious about.
1: And goes a little bit more in-depth into the meetings with both Putin and Gorbachev, which I thought was really fascinating.
0: Absolutely. So without further ado, enjoy our interview with Eliona. Thank you so much for wanting to chat today. Super exciting.
2: Well, I mean, it's, it is super exciting for me. I didn't know anyone remembered about A lot
0: of us do. (laughs) Do you have any memories of being in Russia still when it was difficult to get Beatles records or prior to like Perestroika, I
1: suppose?
2: When I came to London, you know, everyone knew about Beatles, but you know, the Beatles were not very um, uh, kind of heard of and uh, known that much because uh, Western music wasn't welcome to Russia and you know it was like a capitalist culture and there was something that um, you weren't supposed to listen and so people were basically either smuggling some you know records from abroad if you know they were lucky enough to go abroad Um, Mm -hmm. or you know we were learning english by kind of singing songs by some Beatles band which we had no idea what, what what it was it was just total oblivion. But obviously, when I came, I was nineteen, and it was uh, 1991, and uh, it was lovely time for everyone in Russia. It was like the doors were open. Everyone went. It was a flow of Russians going abroad and uh, freely with with the permission to come back, and not like uh, in 70s or 80s, people were leaving Russia. It was like you know they were living forever. It was like you know. They were flying to the moon and you would never see them. And it was just a lot of our friends and relatives, they left and uh, we had massive meals. Everyone was crying and laughing and uh, kind of, I mean, it was just a totally incredible uh, experience. So when I came to England, it was very different. We could travel, we could uh, explore, and um, England just um, took my breath away, just swept me off my feet. Something totally. Uh, different and uh, uh, the atmosphere, people, the clothes, shops, you know, I, it was just totally uh, alien thing. But the most important thing, it was colorful.
0: Yeah, you really timed it correctly because you left right around the time of the fall of Soviet Union.
2: And how did you choose to go to London? I had a job. I was um, doing some modeling in Moscow and then I got a small contract and then I, I was paid and I, I said that I also wanted to learn English which surprised everyone because a few girls came with me and they just wanted to earn money and come back home and buy flats and uh, mm-hmm. cars and everything and you know I said well you know I will put half of my uh, ages towards uh, learning English but as you can hear I haven't done a very good job and I've concentrated on having a very good time in London. No your English Um, is amazing. Finding new friends and uh, well enjoying myself uh, you know to the extent that I never could and never imagined was possible in Russia. Yeah
0: well I mean if you're working as a translator for Paul McCartney at one point, I think your English is pretty good.
2: <laughs> well, I wasn't a uh, translator as such. I was uh, more than Russian language teacher. It's a funny story. I mean, I basically received an email one morning and uh, the address was like W64 stroke 32 dot something something. And it was just I thought it well, It's a virus. I wasn't mm-hmm. even—I uh, mm-hmm. wasn't even thinking of opening it, but the first line just caught my eye, and it was like, a, "I'm conducting you on behalf of uh, Sir Paul McCartney." And I thought, "Okay, that's how viruses start." I mean, it's 100 you know, <laughs> percent because they want you to open it. There was no attachment, nothing. So I thought, "Okay, well, you know, I opened it, and it was just a letter saying that you know Paul never been to Russia." Neither with uh, Beatles nor with Wings, and uh, he would like to, you know, offer this, you know, opportunity to come to concert, and you know, he would like to speak to someone and kind of uh, get an idea and understand. I was thinking, why he wants to speak with me? It was just, honestly, it was just all millions of uh, thoughts were going through my head. And then I thought, of course, I mean, it's some some of my friends just pulling my leg. So I just <laughs> I wrote back.
0: Okay, I would probably think me. that way too. Yeah. So.
2: Well, I just I said, okay, call me. And then like five minutes later, my mom rang and uh, picked it up. And it was just, hello, this is, you know, this the male's voice. And so, and I was thinking, I mean, it's not happening. I'm not being called from Paul McCartney's office. It's not, you know, it yeah. can't happen this way. So, you know, they gave me a dress and they gave me a dress where it was, like uh, MPL, it's uh, Paul's uh, studio was in London. I was going there and my legs were literally trembling because, I mean, I did not believe for a one minute it was a real uh, appointment. I was 100% sure that my friends will jump out from the bushes uh, <laughs> as I was approaching their, uh, the building. And they would just say, "Oh, are you that stupid? You really thought Paul McCartney wanted to speak with you? I literally thought, I mean, I prepared a few one line, I was like saying oh well of course I knew it was you you know just and then you know when the door was open and there were all the guys there I mean I just I, literally I should have prepared myself a bit better for meeting them rather than thinking what I will answer to this mysterious friends of mine trying to prank me but you know I you know we had a fantastic meeting and um, then one of them he was a press attaché of uh, Paul at the time um, was that uh, Jeff he, Baker uh, Jeff Baker yes mm-hmm. And uh, he um, looked at me and said can I just ask you something I said yeah he said when I received one line after I wrote you such an email and uh, after I received one line of, uh, answer call me and uh, he said why did you answer like that I was thinking well you're probably not interested you're kind of rude and everything and I said I didn't think it was you <laughs> I said I I didn't. I said that my virus dreams. I didn't think it was you, and then I told him the story about virus, and he said you thought I was virus. So it was just anyway. Well, anyway, so they thought. I think they thought I was very strange. Well, but we got on very well. And
0: I mean, I would have thought that it was a virus probably as well, especially with an email like that. Like Jeff Baker probably should have had a better (laughs) email structure, perhaps. So how did they discover you? Did they just sort of like know uh, Well, who they, knew they you?
2: just they literally just um, looked up online, and because I was at the time, I was literally uh, organizing. I mean, what I was doing? I set up my small company, and um, I was organizing concerts. I was bringing Russian performers to the UK, and. Their, Trying to bridge two cultures together. And I was like trying to organize some concerts in Moscow, you know, and bring some, um, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously not Paul McCartney, but like some, you know, British DJs and stuff like that. So they, they just found me online and um, they decided that, um, you know, I would be like a, a fresh blood and uh, they didn't want to go through the embassies or, you know, like the officials to make it boring. And, you know, they just wanted someone, I suppose, young, funky, and they uh, who would tell them the truth without any obligations. Because, you know, we've been talking about different things like, uh you know, when people were trying to meet Paul and we were trying to... I mean, they, they were sending like lists of people who they thought he had to meet and he had to mm-hmm. shake hands with. And, you know, they, they asked me. And I I mean, if I didn't know who they were, I said, I have no idea. But, you know, there were some people, you know, who I... Mikhail Gorbachev, there, mm-hmm. was, there were a few... Musicians and you know, I just I, I just think that they wanted someone informal who wouldn't be lying to them and who will be on their side, not on the organizers' side, because obviously right. organizers were Russian as well. But they wanted to kind of to have someone who would be, you know, living here. They would feel more comfortable. um I, I mean, I, I've had it before because people do feel that because you know you live in a country you're kind of semi English. I mean, I've lived here for thirty years. I mean, I am semi English. When you want to relate few things, you know, you always uh, uh, try to find someone reliable. And you know, that's that, that's why I think um, they found me and they wanted someone on their side to build that bridge between Russia and Britain.
0: Yeah, that makes total sense, especially knowing how the Paul camp operates, that they would want mm-hmm. somebody who is,
2: yeah, like you say, young and funky
0: and making it fun for them and maybe yeah. not on the side of the Russian government. That totally makes sense. So once you meet with Jeff Baker and the team and all of those people, how does the ball get rolling? Like what kind of pre-planning sort of went in on your side to getting Paul over to Moscow?
2: I, I literally thought I would be just advising them on, uh, not advising, but, you know, maybe kind of giving them some information on, I don't know, certain behaviors or, you know, Telling them something that you know they wanted to know before going there, like, but you like, know, I like mentioned that, them a bit. yeah, prepping them before the trip. Uh, but uh, I mentioned that I, you know, I was a journalist and I was writing for the uh, major Russian newspaper, and um, I mean, it was like literally, do you want to interview Paul? And I said, <laughs> <laughs> and, Oh my gosh! You know, and I said, of course, absolutely, and. Uh, After that, I've kind of thought that, you know, perhaps it was like a way for Paul to meet me because it was a tour. So he was doing it in uh, Germany. So um, I had to go to Germany to meet him and to interview him. So I've flown to Germany and I've met with him and the interview was fantastic. And there we kind of literally it was just, you know, as if I was talking to a long lost friend and, you know, he was very 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 nice he was just you know i i interviewed a lot of um stars and uh, big personalities and uh you know some of them were very business-like it was just a, mm-hmm. you know interview yeah I promote the tour i promote the film I promote you know some were nice some were like well, you know nothing to talk about but mm-hmm. you know he was definitely one of the nicest people and uh friendless and very calm and funny and uh, he is a lovely guy he is just a lovely guy friendly nice warm uh, quick-witted uh, uh, always happy to you know support and laugh at someone's joke and uh, lovely guy i have observed him on kind of many different occasions it wasn't all kind of cheery and uh, uh, you know because you know they worked long hours they were doing sound checks they were doing uh, you know learning russian you know he you know I'm just saying that it, you know, I, uh, you know, sometimes you meet someone for an interview for a couple of hours, and of course, you know, this person can seem nice, but you know, I, I have observed him in uh, different situations, uh, you know, so I can, I I definitely think that he's he's a nice guy, you know. We just chatted. At first, I was. Tittering and you uh, know uh, hiccupping from uh, from fear, but then you know he put me at ease, and it was uh, lovely. And at the end, he literally was walking through the door. Then he looked back and said, "Can I ask you something?" I said, "Yeah." And he said, "What do you say if I asked you to give me a few Russian lessons?" Wow! And I said, and I, said "I said to him, I mean, you expect me to say no?" And you know, he said. <laughs> and you know, because I before I really flattered him apparently I didn't ask him I said well how was it to be the cutest guy in there in, in all four of them and he was just really kind of I don't know maybe nobody asked him before I mean I don't believe it but I don't I've you know, he never was,
0: heard that asked before that's <laughs> and, awesome know, and I said,
2: and he, he said he said no I wasn't I wasn't I said yes yes you were yeah you were, you were though <laughs> you, were you, were, you were the cute yeah you were the cutest one so we kind of laughed and you know and he was like saying to me that I'm cheeky and you know so we were kind of uh, laughing and joking with each other but I didn't expect that at all so you know I packed my bags and I went to next stop was Moscow so I uh, flew to Moscow and um, was there you know for prep time before the concert during the press conference his meeting with Putin and with every, you know, yeah.
0: So this is blowing my mind. So when you went to Germany to interview Paul, you didn't know you were going to Moscow with him.
2: Well, I think that it was probably discussed, but I didn't have a clue. I didn't know about it. I don't know how many people they met before me, you know, so I never mm-hmm. asked, actually. You know, they might have been uh, looking for someone, you know, young, cute, and they're speaking English, I suppose, because back then, not probably many people lived in London who spoke in- good English and good Russian. That's true. So, yeah. you know, I, uh, I'm i not quite sure. But, you know, I just think, you know, in hindsight, that I just think that perhaps they wanted me to accompany them and just to be on this side and to be like jeff always was saying that you know i was kind of helpful because you know i could tell them what people meant what you know uh you know and because i'm a Moscovite you know i knew my way around and uh, yeah um, so they be real with them yeah they wanted like a little spy you know who would be you know (laughs) work for them and uh, you know
0: that's a a spy on the other side
2: Mm, yeah
0: wow okay so you're going to moscow with paul i want to know literally everything (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um and you accompanied him meeting gorbachev and you've done some work with gorbachev before or after oh, no no much well? after
2: much much after that yeah much much I, much after. Again, okay. yes i was uh you know uh it was his 80th birthday and uh, we organized a massive event in royal Albert hall in london
0: yeah, that's so much, cool much that's exciting that. Wow. And, you know, I mean, maybe Paul will call you this year because it's uh, his 80th birthday. He's going to invite yes, you to his... Yes, yeah, uh, absolutely. Which is wild. <laughs> if it's gonna I be like eighty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um Yeah. So, okay. So you're in Moscow and you're traveling with the Paul Party. And did you have any idea of like, did you know you're going to be meeting with Putin, for example?
2: I never met with Putin. No, no. He went on his own. Uh, he, he went with his wife and yes. um, Heather back then yes and uh, putin taught him well basically we had few lessons because he said he didn't want to do any wrong um uh, give any wrong impressions or he didn't want to be on the wrong side of uh, you know on you know he wanted to joke he wanted to be you know in the situation he wanted to he understood that he couldn't speak russian but he said he wanted to sound as if he made a lot of effort and i said well let's Aww, let's let's, let's do that nice. he basically wanted to say a few phrases he wanted to be understood on certain levels and he wanted to appeal to a lot of russians
0: i've got to ask because i made a note of this <laughs> <laughs> yeah? I, so uh, have you seen i'm sure you've seen the documentary that was made
2: david frost yeah, David Frost. Okay. Yes, yeah, yes exactly. I was in there. I yeah, know you were, there. yeah. I mean, like a yeah. tiny, tiny bit, but yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was watching it the other night and I was thinking, it's like, I noticed that Paul says two things repeatedly. This, it's, and it makes sense because it's like, hello, which is Privyet, correct? <laughs> yes. And then it sounds to me like he says a lot, especially in Moscow, as he's talking to people, he says, спасибо, but that means thanks, correct?
2: Yes, yes, absolutely, you're fluent. Uh, oh,
0: look at I me I, 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 This is great Well, I did a lot of time on Google Translate Because I was like, what's he saying? I couldn't figure it out Because it seemed to me like he was walking up to people Saying spasibo Would you say that? If you are walking up, would you say thanks?
2: To be totally honest, I don't really remember I mean, maybe they were giving him something Maybe they were, I don't know, waving at him And, you know, you. I mean, you just say Because you know, if they're clapping Or, you yeah. know, like, you know, you're showing gratitude You say, oh, thank you
0: but yeah, I think there were shots of him going up to just random people standing around like mm. Red Square. I know he and Heather were like riding bikes or whatever. And it was like, placebo. And I'm yeah. like, I think that means thank you.
2: It's normal, you know, because, you know, he knew that people were like waving and welcoming yeah. him and giving him very, very warm welcome. You know, he, I mean, actually bought those bicycles, uh, you know, we were talking and he said, I'm a very normal person. And he said when he lived in London and when he, uh, you know, was walking in a park and, you know, he, he said, you know, I love it. People come to me and they just, you know, they want autograph. And, you know, sometimes you have to just say, listen, I'm on my private walk. I'm, mm-hmm. um, I'm at my private time. You know, of course, I will shake your hand. I will uh, smile at you, but I'm not going to give you autograph because, you know, I'm here with my wife. I'm having a private romantic dinner. And, you know, he said, when you say it, people absolutely understand that. And I said, well, you know, I don't think in Moscow they will understand that Well, And I said, well, they've never seen you. You will be coming first time. It's like a massive geek on Red Square. You know, it will be overwhelming mm-hmm. for them and they will be overwhelmed. And he said, no, no, let me handle it. I mean, you will see. I will go on my bike. And I said, you will need guards all around you because, you know, they, they, you will be... <laughs> I mean, people will be like following you. And he said, like, You'll oh, we'll see, you'll we'll see, no one will follow me. And, you know, he did go on a on bike. <laughs> no, but, you know, they, they were filmed and, you know, some people were yeah. uh, watching them at a the distance. But, you know, he was right. He proves his point. I said, Well, no, no, you will have to go on a limo with their uh, closed windows and closed doors. And uh, I said, No, I'm used to going on a bike and I will go on my bike.
0: I was stunned watching the footage of him on the bike going around Red Square because it's like, to me, the Russian people seemed very calm. (laughs) I think if I would have encountered, especially, you know, like you say, the Russian people getting to see Paul McCartney there with everything that means to them. It's like, I can't believe they weren't freaking out they seem very chill talking to him
2: they probably have um, chosen few people and you know they probably maybe slightly pre-rehearsed yeah. because on a concert people were wild back then everything was like new and they uh, incredible and was a new world wasn't being again built in russia when ball came it was um another statement that walls were coming down and uh, it was another proof that, you know, such a major star descended onto Red Square and uh, the concert was absolutely enormous. The whole square was filled with people and uh, they were standing and those who couldn't buy tickets, you know, they were standing on streets or prospects next to the square and it was was amazing. It was probably one of the best experiences I've had. And I've organized a lot of different concerts and I've been to different concerts. But it was a concert which, you know, I experienced from inside. I mean, I was actually on a on a stage, so at some point. The whole concert was uh, made that different musicians from Paul's band. They were making like different surprises to surprise him, and just kind of uh, it was like on every gig they were doing that. And so um, at some point, one of the um, guitarists came to me and said, "Well, you know, would you like to be my surprise?" So he he just called me, so I appeared on the stage, and you know, it's booked full <laughs> completely and uh, um and uh, we just loved and you know we just kind of uh, were translating some russian uh, words and uh, it, w- it was just amazing
0: overall during the trip how did he do it with his russian
2: well the uh, lessons were very structured we tried to be as um, effective and you know because we didn't have much time and russian is quite a uh, difficult language so we decided that you know it would be like quite simple phrases but you know they will be funky or they will be with slang or and you know and actually all uh, guys from his band they all you know learned few words so it was just mm-hmm. really funny basically we started with like "Well, how to say ladies and gentlemen and he was laughing non-stop when he heard it, totally similar To how it is, ladies and gentlemen, and it's like, uh, you know, it was quite easy, and we were laughing that he picked up a very good opening, but then we thought, um, (laughs) he wanted to say, like, ladies and gentlemen, uh, it's a big honor to be here, thank you. You know, everything was all right, so ladies and gentlemen went like a very easy phrase, until we went to honor in uh, Russian, and um, He couldn't say it. You know, everyone was trying to say it. I think Jeff was trying to say it. No one could say it properly. So I said, well, you know, why don't I um, put it in transcript? You will read it. And I um, wrote it. And he just cracked up laughing. He said, well, now you, and he was like all the time saying, how do I know you're teaching me what I have to say? Maybe, <laughs> may, maybe you're teaching me some like total nonsense. I will make a fool of myself. I will come to the stage and I'll be saying, you know, my name is Mikhail or something like that without realizing that I was saying that. And then he started laughing, like literally laughing. You know, he had tears in his eyes, uh, because I looked at the, what I've written. And uh, I've written chest. Honor in Russian is chest. So I put chest, and then I put a apostrophe next to T. So mm-hmm. it was chest. And he read it as chest. And he said, are you trying to tell me that honor in Russian is breast? No, it was <laughs> just so funny because I'd never... When I was writing it down, I didn't think it was what it was in English. But, you know, I was saying, well, chest, just say this word chest i don't think he said it in the end he probably couldn't get Too through tricky it. No, i don't yeah. think he could no and there uh, we were like learning a lot of um, different phrases like he wanted to um, address the um, audience and he wanted to say something like hello then he said ladies and gentlemen is not kind of you know he would just say it formally first but then he would just after a few songs you know he would Play said and he would go away and then he would come back and he would just say hello again you know but so he couldn't keep on saying ladies and gentlemen so Mm -hmm. um we were thinking of different ways of um uh, greeting the crowd and uh, i said well why don't you say hello moscow and he said no no, i can't say moscow because it will be televised across russia and other people would be um, offended other and you know and i was thinking that was such a lovely remark because i don't think anyone would because people usually say hello moscow yeah right any town where you're sort of playing but you know he said you know it would be obviously it was in his contract and he knew it would be televised you know that people would be upset you know that like if you're oh, living in uh, that's very thoughtful in, uh, yeah and i was thinking it's so sweet you know and that's like shows what kind of Really nice guy he is. And then uh, we basically settled to Hello Russians. Uh, we just, and I just said, well, you know, I think that the majority of people in Russia consider themselves Russians. Obviously, you can say a lot of different nationalities, but, you know, he basically implied that, you know, he came to Russia to sing for Russians. It was a very nice opening line for him. And uh, then he went to meet Putin. And right. uh, Putin taught him another phrase he, oh. yes he said uh, he taught him how to say hello guys and uh, very uh, informal uh, yes and when paul came back he said unfortunately vladimir said he couldn't come to the concert so i thank him let it be so he doesn't feel uh, left out and uh, he uh, doesn't feel uh, mm. that you know the fun will be happening without him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I uh, said, yeah, well, anything else? And he said, well, yeah, he, he taught me a phrase. And he said, he taught me how to say hello, guys. And it was, привет, ребята. So, ребята is uh, a kind of informal way of, not say, guys. It was very funny because um, at some point during the concert, there was a VIP section, but there's a space between VIP section and the stage where mm-hmm. like, you know, there's some photographers where, and I was like staying there and Jeff was uh, um, kind of uh, nearby because, you know, he wanted to enjoy it informally and see how you know, people react and everything. And um, at some point, I just realized that all these photographers and their videographers, they were like uh, somehow moved into the line and there was like a corridor being made and there were a lot of security you know, guards uh, walking up and down. And uh, I thought, oh, President must have changed his plans because it was no way that anyone else would be coming through that corridor, through the VIP yeah. zone, you know. I mean, I don't remember what it was, but, you know, I think I was trying to uh, warn Jeff that Putin was coming because I realized, you know, I, I could hear, you know, people were with walkie Talkies and you know saying, yeah, it's clear, come." I kind of run across that corridor to Jeff <laughs> to to tell him that Putin is coming, and those guards they just jumped on me, and <sighs> just kind of got my arm, behind you know, oh me, and Jeff he saw it, and he just thought. I was being attacked by some oh my gosh. violent Russian militia guy or someone I don't even know whether he he thought it was militia or police or anything so he just jumped on this guy and started screaming that you know that I'm working for you know oh to, he my gosh. and there was another and I was like saying I was saying stop it you know Jeff Putin is coming we don't have time we have to clear the place <laughs> honestly we just it was such a commotion and you know I and bet. it was only, only because I decided to kind of make it better and favor everyone and just to bring everyone's attention that Putin is coming yeah. well because they, they, they didn't because you know they didn't hear and I did hear because it was all in Russian anyway so he came Sat on his uh, space in the middle of uh, this VIP section, and uh, Paul saw him, and mm-hmm. said in English, "Oh, I can see we have some addition to our audience." And then he looked, you know, Putin said "Privet, ribiata," and it was, uh, you know, it was really funny. Everyone laughed, and you know, everyone thought Paul welcomed Putin in this way, and only Putin and. Paul knew that actually Putin taught him that phrase. So it, it was a bit of an in-joke.
0: Yeah, that's so interesting. And, you know, of course, it's like wild watching the documentary now and seeing the reception you know, that Putin gets. And, mm. you know, I was pretty young when the documentary, came out in high school, I think. And I, you know, was growing up in the Midwest here in the States and didn't really know much about Russia or politics or anything. And I was, I remember thinking like, oh, this Putin seems like a great guy like he's just chill like he comes to the paul show like he's hanging out paul like he's good he's good and you know how the times have sort of changed it's it's makes watching the documentary that much more interesting to see how the sentiment is when he walks into the show people just go crazy
2: (laughs) well i don't know i mean to be honest i just think that uh it was uh well i mean you know when When a president or premier, prime minister comes in, you know, I just think people, you know, uh, naturally welcome him. And, you know, I just think that people were like really warmed up already. And it was like a massive party underneath a Moscow sky. And it was just, uh, incredible atmosphere. And uh, this, you know, so I I think they would welcome anyone, but, you know, it was nice that, you know, he came and, uh, um, we all knew that, you know, he wasn't supposed to come. Because Paul told us, you know, it was a surprise and it was a, I mean, it was a nice gesture, I suppose, you know, I I thought everyone was pleased. Yeah,
0: Uh, right. I imagine it would be just adding to that frenzy. And Jeff Baker, when he talks about it, he talks about how he thought that Putin sort of timed it to be there after Paul played back in the USSR, because he didn't really want to acknowledge that Soviet sort of, the Soviet atmosphere in which that song was written. But then Paul played it again.
2: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> when Putin showed up. I, I just think that, you know, Paul uh, had... He, he said it was a great concert afterwards, but, you know, I I just think that it's... Uh, you know, he, he... You sometimes get the sense that, you know, people do what they love, and and they love what they do, you know? And, you know, it yeah. was exactly... It was happening on that stage, in that uh, uh, square in Moscow uh, on that night. Because... Um, Paul enjoyed himself. You could see that. You know, he was, you know, he he, he was working, of course. I mean, it, it is his, you know, work. And, but, you know, you could see he enjoyed himself. Uh, you know, his band, you know, they were like really having the time of their lives. No, I bet. Yeah. Uh, you know, people in Moscow, they could eat from Paul's hands. You know, they were like forever. <laughs> it was incredible unity and uh, fantastic understanding of certain, I don't know, values or certain maximus, you know, that very substantial and very important to everyone. So it was just a night of freedom, night of uh, collaboration, unity. It was an absolutely awesome atmosphere there.
0: I, I bet, I bet. I just wanted to ask we talked about a little bit about Gorbachev before were you with Paul when he met Gorbachev
2: Yes he actually Paul actually asked me to stay there because uh, also Gorbachev he speaks a bit of English <laughs> it was quite a funny um, episode because uh, Gorbachev brought his um, granddaughter and you know he walked in and he said Paul you know me And here's my granddaughter. She surprised us. And he was like, Gorbachev is like also very warm character because, you know, he Mm -hmm. is not that kind of stuck up guys. He is warm, you know, and he is kind of, I mean, I don't want to be misinterpreted, but he is kind of one of the guys next door. You know what I mean? He's Mm -hmm. like a simple guy who achieved a lot and who did a lot for the country uh, but you know he's quite simple without being you know pompous or stuck up so you know he came to he him hello hello paul uh you know me and here's my <laughs> granddaughter she just surprised us got married very young i've got you a few uh presents so you know he got him his uh, book like a big, like a Bible type of book, and um, uh, gave it to Paul. Said, "Well, you know, you will read it for the rest of your life." <laughs> then he said, well, "I've got a little present for your wife. I know you remarried recently, and this book is about my wife who died from cancer. He loved her dearly, and you know, usually uh, Russian presidents they don't demonstrate the uh, kind of feelings, and uh, but you know, Gorbachev definitely was the one who." you could see, really cared for, for his wife. And, you know, we have a strong respect for him, to him for, for, for that, I think, because, you know, he was uh, very human. He said, well, you know, I, I've lived uh, uh, with mine for 37 years. I loved her a lot. And uh, we, we lived for 37 years without uh, TV because we couldn't turn our faces from each other. Oh. So, and uh, then he said, and uh, so I know that you married too. I know... Um, you love her too, and uh, please, can you give her this uh, little bouquet of flowers? Tell her that I grew them myself on my uh, on my outside um, uh, house outside of Moscow, my dacha, what we call it. It's a house, little house outside of a uh, uh, big city. The story afterward. I mean, he, you know, they shook hands, and uh, McCartney said to him that you know you are a great guy, and Gorbachev really was quite surprised. And he said, you really think so? And he just kind of, you know, nodded and left. That's such a sweet uh, answer. <laughs> uh, no, it was, it was, it was sweet. And um, after that, Heather appeared and uh, or maybe Paul told us this story because uh, Gorbachev said he met Heather at some point somewhere. And um, Paul told us that Heather brought a joke uh, that Gorbachev told her. He told her that he was asking whether she knows any Russian jokes, and uh, Gorbachev said, "Well, you know, you know, the, one of, I, I'm the most uh, famous character for Russian jokes. So, you know, don't you know any jokes about me?" And she said, "No." Mm-hmm. And he told her that you know there's a massive queue, and you probably know that in the beginning of nineties we had like this uh, shortage of everything: bread, uh, meat, and you know we had everyone queued outside of the shops. So there's a massive queue, you know, that goes on for hours and hours. And then the next day people come back and keep queuing and uh, there's no meat. You know, they're not closer to the shop. It's still a massive queue and there's uh, no end to it. And so one person uh, in a queue looks to another one and says, you know what? I've had enough. I mean, this life is not worth living. It's all because of Gorbachev. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go and kill him. And the whole queue says, yes, yes. Well, you're right. Rightly spoken. Go. You have to go kill him. So he goes and, you know, the whole queue supports him. And, you know, they carry on standing. So like five hours later, this guy comes back. And, you know, this queue just says, oh, so what did you do? Did you kill him? And he said, huh. The cue to kill Gorbachev, much longer than this one.
0: Hey, Gorbachev told this to Heather. Yes. That yes. is so funny. He must have a great sense of humor about himself. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. Appreciate
0: your time so much. Thank you so much for no chatting with me. No problem at
2: all. Honestly, I'm, I, I'm really happy I, I was given a chance to relive this uh, adventure. Well, it meant a lot to me, and it's going to mean a lot to
0: my co-hosts and everybody who listens. So it's really cool to talk to you. Thank you so much. All right, you guys. Well, we hope you enjoyed that chat with Aliona. She was so much fun to talk to. Thank you so much, uh, Aliona, for speaking to us again and uh, for sharing your memories with Paul. That was just like a total joy to experience that adventure with you through your words. And uh, for all you guys listening, thank you so much for... uh, Tuning into this episode of Because the Beatles. And as always, follow the show on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening right now. Please give us a rating review so other maniacs can find us.
1: And follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We'll be posting photos and more from this episode and beyond. Remember, you can always email us at bcthebeatles at gmail.com too. See you next time. Bye. Bye.